Welcome to the Story Monster Podcast. Hello, I'm your host, the Cinematic Witness and the Herald of the Story Monster. Today we're going to talk about one of the most exciting parts of filmmaking. Action stunts. The stunts are what make action movies so thrilling to watch. But have you ever wondered how these stunts are recorded? Let's take a closer look at the movie making process. Alright, so the first step in recording an action stunt is pre-production. Um, that's usually when they write everything out, they talk about it, they do some sketches, they do some rough animatics, which are just like rough versions of animations before they're smoothed out and given color and all of that stuff. Um, this is where the director, stunt coordinator, and other crew members come together to plan the action sequences. So most of the things you see on screen, they start in animated form, cartoon form, even puppets. Like people really plan this stuff out on a small scale before they start actually using human beings. Um, they discuss the story, the characters, and the stunts that need to be performed. Quiet on set. Places, everybody. I don't want to assume everyone knows what the responsibilities of a director is. So for the sake of clarity, a movie director is the captain of the ship. They're in charge of making sure the movie is complete um, and the end product satisfies studio executives. Right now, of course, the people are important, but, you know, you got to you got to please the, the, the people in charge first. Um, the director is responsible for making important decisions about the movie, such as choosing the actors, whether or not they're going to go with a well-known person or, you know, someone who hasn't had their breakout role yet. You know, they play a huge role in determining the tone of the film, you know, which is, you know, the music, you know, the, the sound effects, um, the score, if you will, and even the set design, right? So if you're shooting like a, a Zack Snyder, you know, superhero movie, it's a lot of muted tones. Everything is kind of um, saturated, made to look a little bit um, darker, a little bit more broody. So, you know, a director has a huge role in that. They work closely with the writers to make sure that the story is told in the best way possible. So if there's a, you know, a mistake where it's just like, oh, we actually didn't explain this or, you know, we didn't have enough breadcrumbs leading up to this reveal or twist. That's the job of the writers to go in like in real time, in most cases, and, and write some dialogue or scenes in so that it flows smoothly. On set, they work closely with the actors to make sure they deliver their lines correctly and that their performance is convincing. Right. Um, I'm sure we've all seen movies where it feels like the person is just phoning it in like they they don't want to be there. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like Jennifer Lawrence in the X-Men movies. They're joined at the hip by the camera crew to make sure that the shots are framed correctly and that the lighting is just right. I've seen some pretty dynamic camera angles. I'm sure you have. I can think of a number of movies. As a horror fan, one of the movies that comes to mind is Evil Dead. 
Um, whether it's the original Evil Dead movie or the remakes or sequels or whatever. I love how the camera is like, you know, when the spirit or demonic entity is released, it, it just like comes straight up into the air and it's like a first person video game and they're like gliding through the forest and like it's just really creepy. But it's also like, you know, something is coming or going, I should say. And it's like, oh, my God, like what's going to happen when it gets to its destination? Right. So, you know, those camera angles are, you know, important and, you know, setting the vibe and everything. So you know, usually they shoot movies, they shoot multiple angles. Um, they're never just shooting like one um, single still frame. They, they, they frame it from different angles. Like, what if I shot it from under their chin while they're talking? Um, what if I shot them from above, you know, left, right, behind, um, quarter angle, three quarter angle or whatever, you know, just to get the best format or, or vibe for the story. Like if it's um, like typically when you see in my experience, that is typically when you see like a heist film, like the cameras are always off kilter, like someone's eavesdropping that's not supposed to be there. Um, so that's one of the ways was like, they're doing something sneaky. They're doing something, you know, clandestine. So, you know, camera angles are important and the directors, they say, yeah or nay, this ain't working. You know, it might end up on the chopping room floor. Um, once the filming is done, the director works with the editors to put the movie together. Um, they decide what shots to use, how long each shot should be. Cause you know, these movies, they just getting longer and longer these days. And I think they really need to take it back to the 80s, 90s. What movie was like an hour 15, hour 20 minutes, maybe hour 30 at the most. But it seems like every movie or tentpole film is like three hours plus or two hours and 40 minutes. It's insane. You know, the director, you know, they know where to place the music and the sound effects. They, they work with the editor who makes the magic happen. This is why when you see multiple trailers for a movie, there might be three shots of the same scene. You know, it might be the teaser trailer, then trailer one and trailer two and trailer three and the final trailer. Well, they spoil damn near the first 15 minutes. That's why they do that. They're trying to create footage for the trailers or they just haven't decided, um, you know, what the final cut will be. Because oftentimes when movies are promoted, sometimes they're still being worked on. Um, sometimes when they're doing screenings for a movie, um, it's not complete. They're, they're still trying to decide what's the post credit going to be, what's the ending going to be. So keep that in mind when seeing films like because oftentimes they put that content on um, DVDs as bonus features. I'm a nerd. I like to watch that stuff and see what could have been. You know what I'm saying? In short, um, a movie director is the person who is in charge of the creative vision of the film. They make sure that everything comes together to create a compelling story that entertains the masses and the investors because they got to get that money back. You know what I mean? They got to break even. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Now, let's talk about the conductors that make martial arts movies and action flicks pop. The stunt coordinator. Oh my God! 
A stunt coordinator helps plan and oversee the action scenes in a movie or TV show. They work with the director, producers, and other members of the crew to design and execute exciting stunts that are safe for the performers. Uh, that's a big role. Um, it's a lot of responsibility. Um, there are there are TV shows, documentaries, and specials dedicated to like cursed movie productions, um, people who have died on set. Um, all of this stuff happened through trial and error. No one really had a blueprint so that, you know, filmmakers and actors had to learn over time. You know, it's, it, it, it's sad, but you know, that's a reality just like with, um, medicine, you know, just a lot of people die, um, for us to, you know, have the more refined methods of treatment that we have today. Um, when you watch a movie, I'm a big martial arts fan. I, I love anime. So, you know, I like to watch a lot of the obscure um, movies like um, Ip Man, um, which is like the guy who trained Bruce Lee, um, Ang Bak, or even The Matrix. Um, there's also a movie called The Raid in which like these cops or road cops going to this high rise and almost everybody in that motherfucker is a, a killer or criminal working for the boss, right? And so they're trying to work their way up to the top. Really dope fighting scenes. It like you will wince, you will squeal because it, it gets intense. So I recommend you check that out. That's a recommendation from the cinematic witness. Um, it really looks like the performers are swinging on each other for real, like madmen. But in actuality, um, well, sometimes it's true. I'm not going to lie. I've seen some, some, sh some movie shot and you like, damn, like they, they really going at it. I know was it one of those Creed movies, Michael B. Jordan really took a hit. You know what I'm saying? Like just for authenticity's sake, like give, give me that real strike. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I guess they call that method acting, but, um, you know, sometimes the, the hits are real. Sometimes it's true. Sometimes actors might like go off script and, to get a rise out of the, their partner um, opposite of them. They might steal on them or slap them or whatever. I've heard of stories where people got spit on and they weren't expecting that, but, uh, or kissed, um, you know, that's, that's, that's a whole nother can of worms, but sometimes it's real. Sometimes it's, it's stunt coordinated. Um, depending on how experienced the stunt men and women are, um, oftentimes they practice the moves in slow motion. Then they speed it up kind of like jump rope or, you know, professional wrestling um they it's like ballet they they stay they act it out they have spots like okay when we get here or when you see this cue i'm gonna do this and when my eyes get real big i'm about to do my epic flying crescent kick to your neck so put your arm up you know like it can get really detailed or they can be free balling it right they, they could just be like you know doing their own thing um, but oftentimes this is at the liberty given to them by the director. Um, you guys go out there and, you know, play around and we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, it's not always that loose. It's depending on the relationship between the director and the stunt coordinators and the performers. Right. The same can be accomplished in post-production. Um, don't forget, no one is perfect. Um, sometimes people still get hurt, injured and unfortunately even killed. Um, safety is a top priority and precautions are taken to ensure that everyone is safe during the stunts. <laughs>
Follow the Story Monster on Facebook.com slash The Cinematic Witness and on Instagram at Instagram.com slash The underscore Story Monster and on Twitter.com slash The Story Monster. Do you like what you're hearing? Consider making a contribution with listener support by clicking the link in the description. A dollar can go a long way, but a like and share can go even further. Thanks for listening. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. To become a stunt coordinator, one must undergo rigorous physical training in various areas such as uh, martial arts, gymnastics, and other athletic activities. Um, They must also have extensive knowledge of different types of stunts and the equipment used to perform them. Um, We're we're talking about um, blood packs, you know, back in the day when we see you know, the gangster movies and the person got the machine gun and they just like spraying and you just see blood everywhere. It's like those were little blood packs with like tiny explosives or um, little firecrackers or whatever. But oftentimes, like it wasn't real blood or it was like blood packs and they had like these little fake bullets that they were actually shooting them with or rubber bullets and they were puncturing the blood packs. So it gave the effect that these people were really getting shot. Um, or like I said, they had like a little detonator and soon, you know, they time it with the, the guy shooting the gun and they edit and chop it up and boom, movie magic. During pre-production, the stunt coordinator works with the director. And like I said before, the storyboard artist to plan out these action scenes. So, um, you know, oftentimes, you know, creators and writers, we have these um, very vivid, over-the-top visuals in our head. And then it's the job of the producers, director, and stunt coordinators to bring these things to life. You, you think of, you know, before Naruto became popular, you had Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I played that VHS tape on repeat constantly in my household. But it all starts on paper with a pencil and a sketch. During the production... Um, when they're shooting on scene or, you know, in a studio or even in public, the stunt coordinator oversees the execution, making sure that like it all goes according to plan. Um, they work closely with the performers and make sure they understand what's going down. And, and if they feel safe, oftentimes there's a backup as well, just in case someone chickens out or they're not feeling well, because the last thing you you know, you want is a lawsuit or somebody to, you know, get seriously hurt because you know of nerves or they just overwhelmed or overworked. Right. So, you know, you got to use a lot of equipment to make sure people are, are safe on these sets. This includes like trampolines, harnesses, like these giant pillows when they jump, jump off ledges and stuff, um, you know, you know, wiring, puppets, um, rigs all types of stuff to get the movie magic going and make it look convincing. Green screens, blue screens, um, even um, shooting certain things so that people look smaller or bigger. So they might be in an environment where, you know, they, they created everything in the setting to be miniaturized. So the person looks like a giant. I'm talking about Lord of the Rings. A lot of um, visual illusions and effects that are practical to make these things happen. Um, this process is explained in detail by actor and stuntman Andre China McCoy in episode one of the Story Monster podcast. Um, he was the stunt double for Morpheus, played by Lawrence Fishburne in the Matrix films. 
Um, that scene where he jumps off the building into the helicopter was real. What did you say, nigga? Spoiler alert, the movie's over two decades old. Um, so make sure you give it a listen. The link is in the description of this podcast episode. In short, a stunt coordinator is responsible for making sure that the action scenes in the movie or TV show are safe, exciting, and most importantly, realistic. Um, some of the most iconic action stunts in movie history were performed by real people. Um, for example, in the movie Die Hard, um, Bruce Willis actually jumped off a building. You know what I'm saying? Like wild out here. Um, in Mission Impossible, Fallout, Tom Cruise jumped from one building to another. You know, these dudes are really out here risking their lives for for the tape, you know, for, for the fans to enjoy. I know in Top Gun Maverick, there was a promo where um, Tom Cruise is sitting um, on the wing of a jet. Now, I thought it was fake until the camera pans out and you see that he's not really attached. Or at least visually, I couldn't see that he was attached to the wing. He's just sitting ass on the wing, his knees up. And he's just casually sitting there talking like, yeah, the movie's coming out. Go see Top Gun Maverick. And I'm just like, a hard gust of wind could possibly have sent this man flying off that that jet. And that would have been the end of Tom Cruise. These stunts are so insane. They are recorded and, and planned months in advance. People are training. Some of these stunts, they develop on the fly, meaning that it did not happen or exist before. So they don't have any reference in which to work. They're, they're doing it. They're creating it. They're pioneers in their own right. Um, but they were worth it because they look so real. You know what I'm saying? And we still talk about these stunts to this day. You do well. <laughs> you do well. You know, this stuff is real out here. People's lives are on the line. Um, people are out here risking everything to entertain. Becoming a stunt performer is not easy. But for those who love action movies, it's a dream come true. <laughs> oh my God. So how much does it cost to record these action stunts? Um, it depends on the movie and the stunt, right? So the, the bigger the production, the, the larger the scale, right? You get a little bit more money. Some stunts can cost millions of dollars to record. Um, especially if they involve explosions, right? Explosions ain't cheap, especially, you know, when you got shrapnel and, you know, debris flying everywhere. It can get real crazy uh, or other special effects, right? That's why, you know, like sex scenes and stuff like that. So you, you may not consider that action, but, you know, it's action. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's why people make fun of low budget movies like on Tubi. Like, it's ridiculous how bad some of the effects look, right? Like the B-rated movies, the C-rated movies. you like, I can see the wires or I see the guy in the background, you know, um, shaking the little sheet to make it sound like thunders and, you know, it's thunder and lightning outside. It could get real cringe, but, you know, some filmmakers prefer to use computer-generated effects instead of real stunts because it's cheaper and safer. But in my opinion, nothing beats the real thing. Real stunts look more authentic and make the movie more exciting. You got blockbuster franchises like John Wick and Fast and Furious, which is on like 11, 12, and 13. They're all about that heart pumping overdose of adrenaline. 
even if they don't make logical sense or defy the laws of physics entirely. But, you know, they made it happen. And it's a part of cinematic history. And that's what it's all about. Um, with that being said, I'm going to bring this episode to a close. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and share on social media. Until next time, there are tales to be told and I will bear witness.